Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 1st of February. Good to have you aboard. Part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733, title sponsor of everything Zaslow Show 2.0. All of this is possible because of Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. And if you're involved in some kind of accident, I send you to where you're going to be treated like family. You go to Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, We got the big game coming up, not this weekend, next weekend. A lot of action out there, a lot of props. We got the NBA every night, NHL, all-star break last night. You had a few games, but hey, with everything going on, Bet Online is your number one source for all your odds, stats, trends, lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today. Stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So, the Heat last night, you get a bounce back performance. What did your boy tell you last yesterday? What did I tell you last night? You think I need an eight-game losing streak in my life? Get the hell out of here. Who needs that shit? So the Heat, they get back in the win column last night. And I told you I felt good about it. Why did I feel good about it? Because they had a team meeting. The film session the day before. That's right. And this team, they thrive on uncomfortableness. They thrive on challenges. They thrive when when they can yell at each other, when they can get mad, airing things out. This team, they're not about necessarily having fun. They're about the main thing. They're about that business. And the first thing I heard of, and Sacramento's a good team. Everybody played for them. Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray. It didn't matter who they were going to play. They had that meeting on Tuesday. They aired things out. Apparently, Jimmy Butler... It was a really big thing from Jimmy Bam. Also, the two team leaders. Once I heard they had a session where they aired things out, streaks over. They like this kind of stuff. All the confrontation, making each other uncomfortable, holding each other accountable. That they were they were definitely winning last night, and they were ahead the entire game. They were ahead double figures for a good portion of the game last night. So the Heat win one fifteen one oh six. And by the way. Jimmy Butler, who deserves criticism during this stretch, but Jimmy Butler, who stands up in that meeting and is holding everybody accountable, you know what he then does the very next day? 31 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 10 of 14 from the floor. The team, they were credited with 38 assists. I know on the broadcast yesterday, they said 40 assists, so franchise record. So it looks like technically, though, they're only giving them 38, but... If you get to 30 assists, that's a major number. The Heat got to 38 
assists. And 38 assists on 42 made field goals. Almost 100% of your field goals made were coming from assists. Ball's popping. Ball's moving. And that's when this Heat team has always been at their best. Is when they move the ball. Because they don't have that dynamic scorer necessarily. They are at their best when it's the sum of the parts. And you look, you also had double figures. Bam, Tyler here. Tyler only took nine shots. They are having Tyler adjust to a little bit of a different role. And he mentioned that that, that now, you know, everyone's got a sacrifice on this team. And while having Tyler be more of a spot-up shooter, three-point shooter, like Duncan Robinson, especially Robinson out right now with the concussion symptoms, that's not really what you're used to with Tyler Hero, a guy who can create. But this team might be better off, like on a night like last night. Instead of taking 20-some-odd shots, Tyler takes nine. They may be better off like that. And Terry Rozier continues to struggle scoring, but 10 assists from Terry Rozier. So you can look at the three points and one for eight field goals, but I'm looking at 10 assists and just one turnover for Terry Rozier. And if Jimmy's going to do Jimmy's stuff scoring 31, and you get a performance like Josh Richardson off the bench with 24 points, when the ball is moving, this team is going to score. And that's what you got last night. So... They snap out of it. I knew they were going to snap out of it last night. 25-23. and 23. Now they go to Washington tomorrow night. That, that team is the pits. So, good job out of the heat last night. We got a fun show today, all right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get into some football. Chris Carlin, one of my co-workers from ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe every afternoon on ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, he's going to join us today. We'll talk NFL with him. One of the things that I want to bring up with him also is there were there, there were a couple notable things that took place in the NBA last night. By the way, Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. He joins us every Thursday during football season. He's going to be on the program today. We won't next week when we're just a few days from the Super Bowl. We'll talk about all the prop bets, how he thinks that everybody's going to perform in the, you know, like daily fantasy fantasy stuff. We'll do that with him next week, but we'll get his thoughts on everything that took place this past week with Championship Sunday. So Jamie Eisenberg, he'll join us like he always does. And it's Thursday. We'll do a little Zazlo Show 2.0 mailbag. Come on now. You know how we roll today. But I, we will ask Chris Carlin, uh, uh, you know, s- something New York-centric because he's based out of there in New York, ESPN Radio. And last night, you had two big returns in the NBA. Damian Lillard returned with the Bucks to Portland. And you knew that was going to be a big thing. He's going to get a big reaction. He's going to get a big video tribute. Okay. And the Blazers, by the way, won last night. Like I, The, the Blazers were not one of my picks on driving the line yesterday. Check that out. I'm going to be on with those guys a lot more now. YouTube.com slash at driving the line. But you can also go driving the line on, on Twitter. Jonathan Coachman, Al, and Bell. It looks like I'm going to be doing uh, a lot of stuff with them more so here. And and my picks that I gave out, I gave out three picks yesterday, went two and one, as you had the Magic cover, you had the Suns cover, and I lost with the Rockets. But So two and one, that's good. I'll take two and one every time that I make picks. So you had Damian Lillard's return to Portland was spoiled by the Blazers. The other big return last night, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant back in Brooklyn for the first time with the Phoenix Suns. Suns won 136-120. The Nets stink. The Nets really are one of the bigger disappointments in the league this year. They dropped to 19-28. and The Suns are starting to roll. They're 28-20. and I have no faith in, in, in a Kevin Durant team winning an NBA championship unless he joins the greatest regular season team of all time along with Steph Curry and Golden State because otherwise Kevin Durant can't even get to the NBA Finals. He's played 15 other seasons outside of Golden State. He's made the finals. Never won. He's made the finals one time. So I, I, I don't believe Phoenix as a contender because you cannot count on Kevin Durant to lead you to a championship or even a finals appearance for that matter. Only one time. But last night, the Suns are in Brooklyn. So Kevin Durant making his return to Brooklyn. And he even said the other day, when someone mentioned it on Twitter, because Kevin Durant, when he's going through his regular life, about 
two minutes go by, and then his brain tells him, hey, check your name on Twitter. And so he goes to Twitter, and he types in Kevin Durant, and he sees someone saying the Nets should not give Kevin Durant a video tribute. And he actually responded with, I agree. But last night, the Nets, of course, do a video tribute. And that's the NBA's new participation trophy. And the Heat are guilty of this also. The NBA teams, they all do video tributes. Why in the world? And by the way, I don't think Kevin Durant, the tribute, even introducing him to the starting game, I don't even think he reacted. And, and whatever, you know? I think he got a tepid round of applause. But this whole video tribute where every team, seemingly, any player who spent any amount of time, no matter what they did or what happened, you get a video tribute. Video tributes should be if a player either played for you for an extremely long time and was very popular, was a pillar of the community like Damian Lillard, or a player played a major role in winning a championship with you. That's what a video tribute's for. Kevin Durant didn't either. Matter of fact, Kevin Durant's four years in Brooklyn was nothing but chaos. Kevin Durant's four years in Brooklyn included multiple trade demands. Kevin Durant's time in Brooklyn included the most disappointing stretch in Brooklyn Nets history. And I say that for a franchise that's been a nothing franchise forever because there was expectation for really the first time ever. And they couldn't have delivered less. Kevin Durant got a video tribute. The guy who made them bring in the most toxic player of all time in Kyrie Irving, who took a a bomb to the franchise. Kevin Durant got a video tribute. A guy who ran, along with Kyrie, ran roughshod over the organization. They gave a video tribute to a guy who likely made the general manager, Sean Marks, crazy for four years. And a fan base who was constantly driven up the wall because of what these guys did and essentially didn't do. And that gets you a video tribute? I mean, the Brooklyn Nets, they're a cuck team. That's what they are. Not, not, a, not, 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 not the, uh, cuck. C-U-C-K. If you don't know what it means, look it up. The Brooklyn Nets, they're a cuck. And it'll be interesting when Kyrie Irving makes his return to Brooklyn. Can you imagine? Are they going to do a video tribute for Kyrie also? But just giving a video tribute to Durant, they're a cuck franchise. The Brooklyn Nuts. The Brooklyn Nets. Have the Brooklyn Nuts. Can, like, can the Nets have a little bit of self-respect? This guy's time in Brooklyn was a disaster. It was embarrassing. They're a cuck franchise. The Brooklyn Nets. All right. So before we we're gonna get Carlin on here. First, though, let me tell you guys, if you're thinking about getting a new car, you know where I'm sending you. I send you to the only car dealership I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. I send you to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru because whatever you're looking for, if it's a car, a truck, an SUV, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has exactly what you're looking for, and you're going to get the best price around. You know what I'm talking about with North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. It's that beautiful, new, state-of-the-art building. You can see it from I-95. That's right, at the Cypress Creek Road exit, just off of North Andrews Avenue. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they have an extensive new and pre-owned Subaru inventory, plus used cars, trucks, SUVs of every make and model, so you're sure to find your next vehicle at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And here's the thing, maybe you just need your current car serviced. Well, did you know that at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, they service all makes and models? That's right. So whatever you're driving, you bring it to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, and you're going to be serviced with confidence. That's right. You know you're going to get the royal treatment at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. And with all kinds of incredible offers, celebrating the new year, all new Subarus in stock, as well as every premium vehicle on their lot. You're sure to find the car that's right for you. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, NFLSubaru.com. That's NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love.
All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba for yourself, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. Always drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. We're a little more than a week away. We get back to football. It's the first weekend that we haven't had football in in months. Chris Carlin, ESPN Radio, Carlin versus Joe every afternoon. One of my colleagues, I mean, these guys are my colleagues now that I'm at ESPN Radio. Chris, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today. So uh, I know... ESPN Radio is not sending people out to to Radio Row. It's really changed the way Radio Row has been. It used to be a thing where everyone, every station goes. Did you enjoy going out to Radio Row, or are you going to miss doing that kind of stuff? I enjoyed it back in the day. I enjoyed it, you know, maybe, um, I don't know. It probably, last time I really went, I think it was like 2018. And it was it was all right, but it was just it just had become such a, a zoo and everything is, you know, all the guests that you're getting on had a lot more to do with whatever their plug was and all that. And it's amazing. Like you realize you sit there and you think I've had a hundred guests on this week. We've had an amazing shows all over the place. And then, you know, you'd go back, you check the ratings. You'd be like, Oh, wasn't a good week rating wise. It turns out they actually do like hearing from us a lot, but, and it's nothing against the guests. It's just, you know, when you're going wall to wall with it back in the day, I did thoroughly enjoy it. Like when you really had to work to get people to show up, you know, when I, and more so when I was a producer than when I was on the air. Right. Well, like back, like I, that used to stress me out so hard oh, because yeah. I remember doing radio Rome back. You were a producer, of course, back at WFN. I used to produce for Book Shambi at 790 the ticket. And and just that whole week of having a run up to the scrum of people, you know, with the handler and try and explain why you should be on the list, you know, to talk to whoever it was was so stressful to me. Like, I don't miss that part of it. Oh my God. My first one, I think, was 98 uh in San Diego. And like it was so stressful, like middle of the week. I had my first day or two go by and I got sick. I was like, I'm feeling horrible in the middle of the week uh, from it. And, uh, you know, missed a show because of it. It was, oh, stress was just, I didn't handle stress all that well. I had a lot more hair then, man. It was a whole thing. But yeah, it was an incredibly stressful week. But at the end of the week, uh, it was always like, all right, we had a pretty good week here. This didn't, this worked out all right. All right, so you're not missing having to go to any kind of radio row next week. I got it. All right. Well, you know, here's what's weird about it, though. Like, no, I don't miss those parts of it. But then I've got FOMO about not being there. Like, if I was there, I wouldn't want to be there. Now that I'm not there, I want to be there. So it's just basically my own neuroses with it more than anything else. Chris, have you seen some of the ticket prices for this Super Bowl on the secondary mm-hmm. market. Like, I, my entire life, the, Dolph, the Dolphins have been in the Super Bowl once in my life. I was five years old. So I've never seen the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. And it's been so long that they've been in the Super Bowl that if they were to get to a Super Bowl, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to afford to go. I mean, it's insane. I, I If I'm not mistaken, and tell me if I'm wrong, when I look, when I looked earlier in the week because I, I like to look at this kind of thing. Me too. They, they were well north of $5,000 to get in. Yeah. To yeah. get in. Where yeah. the game is a rumor if you're sitting in the upper deck. I I got news for a lot of people. Listen, it, it's awesome to go to a Super Bowl, but at the same time, like I'm much the 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 experience at home is much better than actually going. And you want to be there for your team to win a championship. But can you imagine spending 10 grand on tickets and then your team goes and gets their doors blown off in the game. And you got to sit there for what I call the long goodbye for four quarters of knowing that you have to have some kind of little hope that they might come back and win. Like that would be my definition of hell. Absolute hell. Yeah. Like that's people who travel to, I talk about this all the time. People who travel to sporting events. I don't get it. It's not fun to me to spend the money on the airfare the hotel, 
the tickets, and then you're walking out of the stadium, and maybe your team got your they got their shit kicked in, and people are like, oh no, but the experience it was so good to me. That's not fun. That's not no. a fun experience to me. I'll travel for concerts. I travel for WWE because it's a guaranteed good time with the money yeah. that I spend. Traveling to see your favorite sports team, let alone in a Super Bowl where it's so expensive, that's not a fun experience to me. No. I, I Listen, I agree. Back in my younger days, like more of my single days, whenever I had a team in the playoffs, like I'm a big Steelers fan, if I had a team in the playoffs, I would start to get this itch during the week of like, mm, I think I got to go. I think I got to try to go to the game. I don't know. And I, and you'd go and you'd sit there like I, I, the jet stealer um, AFC championship in 2010 was like 20 below wind chill. And yet somehow I felt like I had to be there. And yeah, they won the game, but it, it, they almost blew it. And I, I think I had, a, you know, I couldn't feel my hands for two days. Like, how is that enjoyable? Like, what was I thinking that, yes, and sitting in the upper deck in, you know, way the hell up, you know, I, I'm a lot more likely to just sit in front of the high definition television and enjoy ample amount of snacks without leaving my seat. Have you been hard on Lamar Jackson this week on Carlin versus Joe? Um, disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard on the fact that, that that pick aggravated me to no end. That was such a bad interception. That, to me, is where the, the problem really was the other day. Because you can be bad in a game for a while – but then if you can pick it up and and salvage it and get them out of it, like that shows a lot to me. And that team's driving down the field twice. All right, they had the fumble at the goal line from Zay Flowers, which was mind-boggling. But um, at the same time, you're Lamar. You're still bringing them back down the field. Still got a chance in this game. Game is far from over. And you throw a ball into the end zone in triple coverage? What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, that... That bum, that, and I like Lamar. I think Lamar is a great show. And I, he is somebody that I think, if you haven't seen him in person, like the show of seeing him in person is even that much more impressive. But that ticked me off to no end, absolutely. I know, you know, Chiefs fans don't like hearing it. And certainly the winning team doesn't like hearing it. But I really thought it was the it was a case of Baltimore lost that game as opposed to Kansas City winning it. I really thought Totally that. agree. Totally agree. That was about mistakes. That was about dumb mistakes adding up. The the you know the taunting foul was remarkably dumb. And and frankly, Zay Flowers is never that kind of kid at Boston College, and that's why I was really thrown off that he made that mistake. Then he coughs it up. Then the Lamar interception. They five personal uh, fouls throughout the yeah, game. Yeah, the Roquan Smith play when he jumps across, and they're trying to go offside on purpose and he gets a roughing call like what are we doing mm -hmm. what are we doing they lost that game more than kansas city won that game absolutely do you think true. do you think detroit lions fans even if they believe that dan campbell screwed up the game on sunday do you think mm. they're mad at dan campbell no they can't be mad at dan campbell you might be ticked off for a day or so if this was next year you'd be mad at Dan Campbell. In other words, like if you had gotten this far this year, then you got there again next year. And then that cost you, that's where, you know, the honeymoon's over, so to speak. Uh, but this year, no, I, I don't get the impression that they are. Lions fans have experienced what actual joy looks like, which is not something they've ever experienced. And so, and, and when I say that, I mean the Lions fans who are alive, have ever experienced it. Um, so no, I don't think they're mad at Dan Campbell right now, but I think if we were if we're in this position next year, they definitely will be and should be. Yeah, there are different ways to experience these losses, like between the two teams of Ravens and Lions. The Ravens fan is not going to look back at this season with any type of pleasure. The Lions yeah. fan will look back at this season and remember that was amazing. I had such a good time. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm a Lions fan, it can't be a one and done thing. Like this has to be the start of an era 
for me because I'm due for an era, to say the least. This this has to be the, you know, I, I think back to like 92 when they they pounded the Cowboys 38 to 6, pounded them. But that was it. Like it, it disappeared after that year. That can't be what happens now. This to think back about this fondly, I think more than anything, it has to be the beginning of what is um a historical period for them. Does Patrick Mahomes have that Michael Jordan era to him now where like he's he's not gonna win every game, but it's pretty stupid to think he's gonna lose a game before it starts. It's pretty stupid to bet against him, let's put it that way. It's pretty stupid to bet against him because if that can happen the other day, I mean, if you're ever going to get him, he's on the road. He clearly doesn't have the same weapons that he's had before. Or even, listen, those weapons weren't as good this year as they were last year. Like, everything is lining up. You had a team that runs the football exceptionally well against a team that, if they have a weakness on defense, it is against the run. Um. All of it adds up, and it, it it kind of just shows. Like if you if you can't get that guy, then when are you going to get him? Yep. Um, it was the first time the divisional round was the first time that I thought to myself, he might catch Brady. He might, and I don't know about the champion. Like when I said that, I meant the championships. Brady had three by the time he was twenty seven. But what I think a lot of us forget is he went 10 years without winning one after that. Um, Mahomes has got two and potentially his third by the time he's 28. Is that out of the realm of possibility? Well, if he doesn't have that um, that dry spell of winning one, of winning a couple in the middle. I mean, Brady certainly got to some championship game or to some Super Bowls. Uh yeah, maybe, maybe. Like you know, not that Mahomes you know. isn't an amazing competitor, but mm. when you compare at this, you know, Mahomes' age right now and Brady when he was this age, Mahomes has already made so much more money than oh, Brady. Wow. So it's difficult for me to imagine Mahomes playing remotely as long as Brady. I don't think he's gonna play till he's 45. No, not by any stretch. But again, he's 28. So what is that, you know, does he play till he's 38, 39? Maybe, maybe. And if he, so if he plays in the next 10 years, if he gets this one this year, can he get four in the next 10 years? I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. I, I, I wouldn't fully bet on it, but I wouldn't be comfortable betting against it either. Uh, I like this Super Bowl. You know, I, I know, I, I feel like maybe there's there's Chiefs fatigue. Obviously, we had Chiefs 49ers yeah. a few years ago. But the idea that this is a boring Super Bowl, it's it's not like we got, you know, it's it's, it's not like it's Texans and, 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 you know, one of the lower seeds in the NFC, Texans and, and Packers, I guess. Like, right. I, this to me, there's star power, there's storylines. I like this game. I like this game too. And it comes out of the gate, it's a, it's a one or two point spread, you know? That says to me we're going to have a pretty good game. I I, I like this game a lot. Um, you know, is Brock Purdy that much better than where they were a few years ago when they had Jimmy Garoppolo in this spot? Um, we all forget Niners had a 10-point lead in that game, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, early fourth quarter, uh, and got outscored 21-0 the rest of the way. I, I personally um, – I think this is going to be a really good game. I'd be surprised if this was not a, a game that was decided in the fourth quarter. And I'm, I'm excited for it too. Like what the hell? And what, what is even more like, I hate to be this guy, but like, we only have one more football game. Damn it. Yeah, what, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Like this entire, like the days are long, but the weeks and months are short. And this flew by this year. Uh -huh. This absolutely flew by. Not, you know, like in two weeks, I'm thinking about, I, and I can't even say I'm thinking about it. I'm think, I should say the only thing I have to think about is like the NBA all-star game. No, 
I mean, February and July are the two worst sports months of the year. Yep. So I just want the next week and a half to drag. The NHL All-Star is not going to hold you over? No. No, it's not going to get me there. Sorry. And the NBA trade deadline is next week. It's right before the Super Bowl. So I got to combine them all together. I can't at least, you know, spread them out a little bit more. Yep. Is, uh, Is Belichick done? I don't think he coaches again. Maybe. Like, if it's not next year, it's he's done. If it's not next year, he's done. You know, the Jerry Jones comments this week, I could certainly work with him, all this stuff. Maybe. It takes one more crack at it next year. Um, but what's clear is that nobody wants a jackass in the building. Nobody wants to deal with that. And it's not just him. It's... Um, like you can't be difficult and lose games. You can be difficult and win games, but uh, people want a much more, I, I, I know other way to say it. They just want a much more pleasant um, work environment with mm-hmm. people. They don't, you know, you can't tick off the owner as much as you do when you're not winning games anymore. And six Super Bowls will carry for you a while, but that, that just shows you, like, it can end at any time. It can end at any time. So um, I'm sure that at some point there will be some sort of a media tour kind of showing the the lighter, softer side of Belichick. And he'll do you think viewers want to hear from doing. Belichick? Like, he should do TV. I, I'm a viewer. I, yeah. I don't care to hear from Belichick. No, I, I don't care to hear from Belichick that much on TV, but he is a different guy when it's not just about trying to win a game and it's his football team. He is he is a different guy personality-wise uh, at all other times. And, and, like, when it's just talking about football and having fun with it, he's he's better at it. I don't know that I want him doing the NFL today, but I think he'll do, you know, some spots here and there over the next year to get back. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go with this, Chris, because I know, you know, from all your experience in New York, I want to hear what you think about it. Uh, Last night, Kevin Durant makes his return to Brooklyn and you get the video tribute, which everyone gets a video tribute now. Oh my! And I I know I sound like an old man. I'm pretty sure you're going to, you're about to sound like an old man too, but man, like, a video tribute for what? For 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 four years of chaos and underperformance and and just and being difficult. What what are we? If we're the Brooklyn Nets, can we have a little bit of self respect? Yeah, I know, and it's going to bother you. It's going to bother me. I don't think it's an old man thing. I think it's just you know, could you have earned it? <clears throat> Here's the problem: if they don't give him the video tribute, then players look at it believe it or not this is they do it because of what their reputation as an organization will be and that's really the bigger problem like that would bother players is that going to work against us in free agency or something don't come on come on like kevin durant i mean that big three so to speak just drove that organization into the ground you know uh the the kyrie uh, video, I, like I don't even know. Has Kyrie been back yet? Like he is not. <clears throat> I can't. Not. I, yeah. So like that's the one that would really drive me up the wall when that guy just just did everything he could to be a complete nightmare for them. But it it will happen. It will absolutely happen. And it's not. I'll admit when I'm being an old man. This one is not being an old man. It's just hey, what did you do for the organization? You well, you took a lot of money. That's what you did. So, and then you, you didn't play nearly enough and you didn't get anywhere. So ultimately for me, like I'm with you, that's ugh, God, please. <laughs> Great job, Chris. Tell everybody how they can catch you. Of course, on ESPN. We're every day, 12 to three Eastern time on ESPN radio on uh, Sirius XM uh, channel 80 on, you know, basically tune in iHeartRadio app everywhere you can get it, uh, but nationally on ESPN radio across the country. 
Appreciate it, awesome. Zaslo. Good talking. Thank man. you for doing. Thank you for doing it. I appreciate it, man. We'll be listening. Thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate it. I hate heat culture. Thanks. I mean, I, I didn't even get a chance to to retort. He signed right off. Excellent job, though. Overall, over not 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 the the the, the dismount. All right, but excellent job overall by Chris Carlin, who's been very good to me uh, since I started over there at ESPN Radio. Okay, very good. So. It is a Thursday. We're going to get Jamie Eisenberg on CBS Sports Fantasy Football. We'll do some NFL with him coming up. But it is Thursday. So, you know what we like to do on Thursdays? Let's do a little Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. That's right. Okay. So, I send out a note. Usually on in the morning, I'll put something on social media. You guys respond. And I'll use some of your questions. So, we got a few here that we'll use. First up here, let's go to Jesse. Jesse, Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag asks... If the Heat falls short of, say, the Eastern Conference Finals, does Riley look at this team and say, it's simply not enough? In other words, when does Riley pull the plug? The goal is to win a title and or compete for one. Trust me, I love this group, but are they enough? And if not, what are we doing? Well, I'll say this, Jesse. Don't forget, they were in the NBA Finals last year. It's not their birthright to get to the Finals every single year. And just because you don't get to the Finals this year or even the Eastern Conference Finals this year. It doesn't mean that this team isn't good enough. I think it's. I think we're in a weird spot because most of the season has been good. The seven-game losing streak was a terrible sign. We'll see where we go from here. But there's never going to be a pull-the-plug, full-on rebuild kind of deal, especially since they just traded for Terry Rozier, who they gave up a draft pick, and has two more years under contract which lines up with Hero's deal, also lines up with Bam Adebayo's deal. So it's not like there's ever going to be some kind of rebuild. The Jimmy Butler stuff, Kendrick Perkins floating that out there, that was nonsense. You don't need to lend any time or thought to any of that stuff. But yeah, if if they were to fall short of, say, the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah, I, I I would expect there to be changes. But again, not this team's birthright to be in the NBA Finals every single year. We, overall... We're in the midst of a really good stretch of Heat basketball. Two finals appearances in the last four years. An Eastern Conference Finals Game 7 sandwiched in between. We're not, we're not a long-suffering fan base. All right, let's remember that. This next question here is from Nick Sexy. tweets out, Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. I want to get Taylor Swift tickets in Miami for my girlfriend. Does the Ticket Ninja have any suggestions? Or are the Swifties too powerful even for the Ticket Ninja? Look. It's very difficult for me to admit this. The Swifties are too powerful. You know, maybe you sell your home, you'll be able to buy a pair of tickets for Taylor Swift at Hard Rock Stadium. I think it's in October. Ticket Ninja's got nothing for you there. This It's like the most expensive ticket ever. It's the biggest tour ever. I I, I wish I could help you out. I would Maybe maybe you could sell, sell some of your organs on the black market. Could make a lot of money doing that. You may be able to afford a couple nosebleeds for Taylor Swift in that case. Next question, Mike in West Palm Beach, Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. What sporting event or music event that you haven't done with your boys is top of your list to do? Okay. Uh, sporting event or, well, music event, I went to Pearl Jam with both of them. So I, there's no, and that was a big deal. There's no other music event that I need to do with my boys for, uh, you know, for both boys wrestling. My older one isn't so into, you know, isn't into it anymore. So sporting event, both of them are certainly into going to sporting events. That's for sure. I don't think that's ever going to stop. A Dolphin playoff game would have been nice. I mean, maybe I'm not thinking big picture there, but that was the idea with only a few games left in the regular season that I was going to take my boys. We're going to go to a Dolphin playoff game. We've never... My boys have never been to a Dolphin playoff game, so obviously I've never been to a Dolphin playoff game with them. I think that's probably next on the list is go to a Dolphin playoff game together. Maybe a Stanley Cup finals game, the three of us. Yeah, one of those two. John Hertzberg, Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. If the Royal Rumble and a Pearl Jam concert are the same night, which do you attend live? All right, believe it or not, This is actually an easy answer, and it's Pearl Jam. I've never even been posed that question. The harder question is, what if it were a Pearl Jam concert 
and a Miami Heat Finals game the same night? That's a much more difficult question. But Royal Rumble versus Pearl Jam concert, look, I don't mind watching the Royal Rumble at home. I certainly don't mind watching, and I don't mind watching the Royal Rumble on tape delay. So I can go to the Pearl Jam show, and I come home and watch Royal Rumble, I'm not going to know what happens. I won't do that with a Heat playoff game, or, or, or you know, maybe wouldn't do it for a Heat playoff game. It'd be really difficult to do it with a Heat finals game, because not only would I be missing it when I want to go, it's not even going that's the big problem, it's watching it on tape delay. I'm not watching Heat playoff games on tape delay. I'm certainly not watching Heat finals games on tape delay. So that's the that's the harder question. But Royal Rumble versus Pearl Jam concert, definitely doing Pearl Jam concert. Uh, and uh, let's let's do Terry here as well. Terry asks Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. Any predictions on who wins the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm going Chiefs. Like I'm in that place where I think Patrick Mahomes has that Michael Jordan aura to him where not that he's never going to lose, but I don't believe he's going to lose until he actually loses. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to bet the Chiefs. I think right now the line's two. I feel stupid that I didn't see it last week. Like, I liked Baltimore minus four and a half, and it's one of those where why didn't I understand that if the Chiefs are getting points, if Patrick Mahomes is getting points, I'm not going to take the Chiefs. That's a gift. Vegas is giving me a gift, and I didn't want the gift. It's stupid that I didn't want a gift. So I'm not making that mistake anymore. It doesn't mean you're always going to win with Patrick Mahomes, but I'm not making the mistake of not betting him when he's getting points, and I like the Chiefs to win the game anyway. So, yeah, I'm going Chiefs. And that right there is another edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. Now, if you're out there thinking, you know what, Zaslow, I need a little bit of advice. I... I'm so, I think I'm in search for a new home. I think I'm looking for my dream home in South Florida. Where should I go? I need a real estate broker I could trust. Well, luckily for you, Matthew H. Mashler, signature real estate finder. He is your trusted real estate broker. Official real estate broker of It's Still Real to Me. That's my wrestling podcast on the weekends. Matthew H. Mashler, realestatefinder.com. If you're looking for a new home anywhere here in South Florida, you want to make sure you get someone who knows the area, who's going to know the good schools, who's going to know the neighborhood, and also make sure that he's representing you to get the best price possible. Call Matthew H. Mashler today, 561-208-3334. That's 561-208-3334. Maybe you're just looking to sell one of your current properties. Realestatefinder.com will help you get the best price for your home. If you're already in the real estate business, are you ready to take your real estate career to the next level? Join the Signature team. The Signature real estate companies are South Florida's industry leaders, ranked number one in Boca Raton, one of the tops in the entire state of Florida, and with offices all throughout the state, Delray Beach, Parkland, Fort Lauderdale, Naples, Miami, Palm Beach, Orlando, the Signature team is where you want to be. So whether you're buying your dream home, you're selling one of your properties, or you're looking to join the best in the business. Contact Matthew H. Mashler today, 561-208-3334, realestatefinder.com. Matthew H. Mashler, your pathway to exceptional real estate experiences. All right, of course, all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Win Dixie, Fresco E. Moss. Always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra stay tranquilo. Our pal is Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. Nobody does it better than Jamie. Let's thanks again for joining us here, of course. And we'll, we'll go over the actual, you know, Super Bowl, how you think guys are going to perform. It'll help with, you know, as far as the prop bets and all that good stuff. So let's, we'll do that next week. Let's talk about the actual games from this past weekend. Uh, what did you make of Lamar Jackson's performance? Uh, offensively, the lack of running the football. What did you make of what took place? Yeah, uh, good to talk to you, Zaz. Um, I, I think the, uh, the the biggest thing you said it was the game plan. You know, the the fact that they had, I think it was um, eleven rush attempts total. Uh, he had the majority of that. No running back had more than three carries, and for a team in Kansas City that has been so good against the pass and struggling against the run, you would have thought that that's 
more design runs from Lamar Jackson. I, I know Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are somewhat limited. They just brought in Dalvin Cook for the playoffs. So not a lot of faith in their running backs. But at least, you know, for a game that was decided by seven points, it was clearly competitive throughout and close throughout that you could have leaned on your backfield and your running game a lot more and maybe taken some pressure off of Lamar Jackson, who we know was probably trying to go out and prove that he's the MVP, prove that he can get his team to a Super Bowl and eventually win one. And it was just a strange game plan across the board. So, I mean, look, he, he struggled. Um, you know, Zay Flowers scores a touchdown on that play. It's a different story. You know, we may be looking at a different outcome, but uh, it wasn't his best performance, clearly based on what we saw the week before against Houston and at times throughout the course of the season. And now the criticism is going to continue to be loud about Lamar Jackson. Like, he's likely going to win the MVP. And it's going to be like that year where Dirk Nowitzki won it in 2007 and they're handing it to him like via satellites. He's not playing anymore. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, until he until he does it and, and gets there. And unfortunately, you know, it, you know, you want to continue the NBA comparisons. It, it feels as if we're, we're living in 90s Bulls era again, you know, when you're trying to get past Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And he's just that good. And in a down year where they had to go on the road and, and win in the playoffs in Buffalo and, and win in Baltimore and still getting the job done, getting to another Super Bowl when Travis Kelsey's 34 and looking like he's 44, but still producing in the playoffs. And Andy Reid uh, relying on his defense as opposed to his offense. Um, this team is still going to be a force to be reckoned with for many, many years, as long as Mahomes is healthy and, and, and that team is still humming at that level that they're capable of. So it's tough. It's going to be tough for Lamar Jackson. It's going to be tough for Joe Burrow, tough for Josh Allen. You know, that's just the the home that these guys have to get over. Mahomes is just that good, and Andy Reid is just that good of a coach. And as long as that pairing is still there, really as long as Mahomes is there, it's going to be difficult for a lot of those teams in the AFC. Kelsey's production, especially the targets from Mahomes, Kelsey's production has been so much greater in the postseason than it was in the regular season this year. Like, he was a little bit, at times, a, a disappointment, I think, fantasy-wise, Travis Kelsey – but what we're seeing in the postseason and two of the three games he's had double-digit catches is more like what we're accustomed to. What do you think that's about? Is it just as simple as Mahomes is leaning on the guy that he trusts in the biggest spots? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that's a credit to Andy Reid and just, you know, designing more plays to, you know, put him in spots that are a little bit more successful. But really, it's just a matter of I think they have the ability to, like most great players, to flip a switch and and put up you know, or, or, or perform and put up numbers that we're used to seeing, you know, the great ones do. And, and those two guys are great at what they do. You know, you're going to potentially look at them as arguably the best players, their respective positions. You know, Kelsey's right there now, you know, passing Jerry Rice for postseason receptions and you know, just accomplishing everything that he's done in his career and hopefully comes back for at least one more season. Uh, Mahomes, we know, is trending toward becoming one of the greatest, if not the best quarterbacks of all time. So the connection has been one of the best in NFL history already. And, you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's not like Kelsey was hurt. He may have been playing hurt. I shouldn't say that. He may have been playing hurt at some point during the regular season and finally got healthy. But just the great one's ability to turn it on when the lights are the brightest. And, and that's what we're seeing from those two players right now. We we just got word here, actually, that Dan Quinn is the new coach of the Washington Commanders. You got any thoughts there? It's a pretty underwhelming hire, if you ask me. It felt like they struck out a little bit. You know, I, I I thought Ben Johnson was almost a done deal, you know, knowing that there was the possibility of, you know, a fresh restart with a young offensive coordinator who's been one of the better offense coordinators for the last year plus. Uh, so, yeah, to go the Dan Quinn route feels like it's OK. A, a guy that it, and look, he earned it. You know he, what he did, you know, going from the Atlanta situation to Dallas as a defense coordinator and turning that defense around. He's definitely put himself in position to be a head coach once again. But it just doesn't feel like this is a win. It feels like it's a settle for type of situation. The fact that we're now going, gone through the coaching cycle and no Bill Belichick, no Mike Rabel, you know, certainly the latter is a little bit not as uh, prominent as the former. Um, the fact that Bill Belichick did not get a job, I don't know if it was money, if it was wanting too much power, but um, to see some of these young offensive coordinators, just young coordinators uh, to begin with, because Mike McDonald's not an offensive guy, but these young coordinators getting jobs, it shows you where the NFL is trending right now and how I think these franchises want to go. So uh, we'll see, you know, I mean, Jerry Jones apparently said something the other day about uh, that he wouldn't mind working with Bill Belichick or he's not afraid to work with Belichick. So you wonder if now that they know that Belichick's not getting a opening, does a team with a head coach in place make a strange or, or you know, decision that may surprise us a little bit and they, they, they remove their guy to bring in somebody like Belichick? I don't know if that'll happen, but wouldn't necessarily shock me if it goes that route. It's always weird to me when a team like Washington, in this case, hires a defensive guy as the head coach. They have a, a, a high draft pick. They're 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 going to try. They're likely going to draft a quarterback. 
And if that rookie quarterback has a good first season or even second season, what what ends up happening? The offensive coordinator there gets hired somewhere else to be a head coach. And now you got to hire a new offensive coordinator. When if you go with an offensive head coach, that guy's not going anywhere. You know, like he's, that's the offense. He's the guy. So I, I always think it's weird in a spot like the commanders are in to hire a defensive head coach. It didn't feel like there was any of the you know prominent offensive guys that were still out there that they probably liked. I mean, you know, Bobby Sloak staying in Houston and, and again, Ben Johnson staying in Detroit. Was there somebody else out there that they felt is going to be a home run? And and to your point also, they're coming off of a defensive coach too. Ron Rivera, you know, typically when you see a team struggling, they go the opposite direction, grant a new ownership. So, you know, a fresh start across the board. And do they want did did they want a proven guy to be there? And look, maybe they keep Eric Bieniemy as the offense coordinator, and 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 they just decide, okay, it wasn't his fault that the offense struggled, and we're going to give everybody an opportunity with a new quarterback to sort of retool from that side of the ball. But obviously, Dan Quinn's going to want to bring in his own guy, so we'll see what 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 the hire is. But yes, you're right when you when you do have new quarterback and offense coordinator, especially if it's somebody that's not established, coming into a situation like that, it could be Dave Canales, it could be. Um, you know, as we saw Mike, uh, Mike McDaniel, for example, um, you know, any of these young offensive coordinators tend to, or, or young offensive coaches tend to, uh, jump ship whenever the quarterback does do well. Do you think Belichick is done? I don't think so, but you know, as 70 plus year old guy taking a year off, you know, if, if he goes to the right situation where he has a good personnel, uh, for a good front office in place where he doesn't have to deal with personnel, I don't think coaching was ever an issue for him. You know, it was just some of the decisions that built that team up over the last couple of years. Obviously Brady propped up a lot of things toward the end of his tenure there. Um, but defensively they were, they were still very solid last year, you know, just offensively they were flawed. And I think that had to do with how they built that team. So we're not expecting to be done. And again, I would not be surprised if there's a team, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say guys getting fired, but let's just say Tampa Bay, for example, you know, would, would they necessarily say, okay, we can move on from Todd Bowles and, and go get a bill Belichick and see if we can go win another Super Bowl? Wouldn't shock me if something like that happened. Good job, Jamie. We'll uh, we'll get you on again next week, of course, and we'll go over uh, you know some props and and, and how you feel the players are going to perform. We'll try and make some folks the money. Uh, you got all your regular stuff going on this weekend that folks can still check you out even with no football. Uh, we're still podcasting. We do that three days a week. We're doing five days a week next week for uh, the Super Bowl. I'm actually headed to the Pro Bowl tonight, so I'll be uh, in, in Orlando just talking to a couple of players there for practices. I will not stay for the Sunday festivities, but um, I'll be there trying to get as much information as I can because I like to provide our audience with as uh, much info as we can you know, get in the offseason. So check out our podcast. You can always follow me on Twitter as well. I was watching some of the clips. There were some clips going around on Instagram yesterday of old Pro Bowl skills competition. You know, when you used to have the quarterbacks and they got to throw at the bullseyes and the moving yeah. targets, and there were some Marino clips on it. I'm like, oh my, like, if you're young, you don't even know. Marino, it was so money. And those old quarterback skills competitions just throwing bullseye after bullseye at the moving targets. Yeah, he he wasn't shooting for the 20. He was shooting for the 50 almost every yep. time. <laughs> the moving target from, you know, from 50 yards out, just hitting that bullseye. Yep. It was such a cool event. Like, what is the Pro Bowl now even? What do they do? Uh, they do uh, some games around it. Uh, I think they do flag football. Um, but there's dodgeball. I think there's tug of war. You know, they try to make it fun for, you know, the audience at this point while not putting the players at that. risk. It's just not the same. I don't have time for that. Good job, Jamie. We'll talk next week, man. Thank you. You got it, bud. Take care. Let me tell you guys about Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles has been on the show for eh, probably like probably about 10 or 11 months at this point. And when my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, when they jumped on board Zaslow Show 2.0 last year, that's when you knew things were taking off for the podcast. You see Sheets and Giggles on the Levitard Show, on the Greg Cody Show podcast featuring Greg Cody, and now on Zaslow Show 2.0. And because of Sheets and Giggles, we're getting the best sleep of our lives here in the Zaslow Mansion. When you go to SheetsGiggles.com, you're getting the softest, coolest, most breathable bed sheets around. You're going to sleep like a baby. I wake up every morning refreshed because I sleep on my eucalyptus pillow. That's right. Made from the wood of eucalyptus trees and still keeping the environment safe. That's right. I got the bed sheets. I got the comforter. Oh, it's, it's heavy, but it's soft. You know what I mean? So I look forward to getting into bed every single night to sleep on those bed sheets, the blankets, pillowcases. Everything I need is at SheetsGiggles.com. There's always all kinds of great promotions and sales going on. But if this is your first time going to SheetsGiggles.com, you're in luck. 
when you use promo code Zaslow, Z-A-S-L-O-W, your first order at SheetsGiggles.com, you're already getting 20% off. And then every other time you go on SheetsGiggles.com, you're taking advantage of all their offers. SheetsGiggles.com, promo code Zaslow, 20% off your first order. SheetsGiggles.com. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. We'll start things off here. So how about this? Bill Simmons, the Bill Simmons podcast. He had Larry David on with him. I think it was yesterday. That's right. And here, Larry David, he does not understand Bill Simmons, his his love for pro wrestling. We did everything possible to be in charge. Vince McMahon's like this. Just to, he's running oh, everything. Oh, yeah, that's what I want to ask you. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Vince, Vince McMahon. McMahon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You watch wrestling? Yeah. What is that? You're out, you're out on wrestling? <laughs> Are you? What? What is this with you in wrestling? This goes back to being a kid. Yeah, I, I watched it when I was a kid too. <laughs> and, and then I realized it was fixed and I stopped watching. It's performance. Oh, so you love the performance. Yeah, I don't think it's real. It's not like yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I can't I, believe Roman Reigns won again. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> It's it's uh but they're all they're all the same, aren't they? I mean every match looks looks the same. There's some art to it. There's art in the storytelling, how they build arcs. It's not it's not much different than what you're we're trying to do with Herb. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going not a big deal, all right? People who don't like wrestling, they never understand people who do like wrestling. You know, Larry David's saying, but aren't all the matches the same? That's the response from Bill Simmons should have been that's like saying all the episodes of Kirby Enthusiasm are the same. It's like, there's no explaining pro wrestling to someone who doesn't like it. They don't want to like it. And that's fine. Big deal or not a big deal. Micah Parsons, star linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. He's got a podcast. And here he responds to what he has called fake-ass Cowboys fan Skip Bayless. You got guys like Skip that just talk so crazy out on the media just because they can Skip, I've never once asked you to hype me up or do anything like that. You did that because you saw what I was doing on the field. Um, Like, I've never wanted you to jump on my coattail or you're the one that wanted me on your show to come speak on your show. Uh, And I wanted to do my own route because of your bad ties and who you are. I did not want to be partner with you. And that's just point blank simple. So you could drive whatever narrative or whatever, whatever you want to be but a person who's been all pro for three years and however you want to put it, I guess I am not that guy and I got to do more to be a guy. Whatever narrative that drives your boat, whatever you want to fit. I'm going not a big deal. I don't understand why Micah Parsons is in a place where he feels the need to continually respond to Skip Bayless. Uh, who, who the hell cares? I'm going not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Here's Travis Kelsey yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. I told you, I I think there's a bit of a 180 happening with the Taylor Swift conversation where you have people out there who who are hating on on all the coverage and her just supporting her man. It's so silly. But I I think it's doing a little bit of a 180 where now people are fighting back against that. Here's Travis Kelsey on his relationship with Taylor Swift. Did you have any idea, I guess, when you, let's say, 18 months ago, two years ago. Do you have any idea, like, when everything with your podcast, obviously relationship that everyone wants to talk about, do you have any idea it would be this? I knew, I'm sure you thought, okay, this is going to be something, but now does it feel like this is, oh, I was not uh, I was not anticipating how this kind of has played out, but it's got to be fun and exciting at the same time. Yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting for me, but it was all brand new, man. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I've from having the paparazzi follow me every single day into work to, you know, just uh, everybody having their having my name on their talk show every single day, whether it's sports, whether it's not sports. Um, you know, it's just been a, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. I could have never anticipated, man. But um, I'm having fun with it. The majority of the world is having fun with it outside of all the cranky. NFL fans that just don't want to see the Chiefs win. Let's come um, around. So, they thought yeah. you were fake. They and, thought you were fake. And you know fake. what? We're slowly reeling them in. Yep. We're slowly reeling yep. them in. I'm going not a big deal. And the reason I, I'm going not a big deal because we're, we're way too obsessed with the camera show in Taylor Swift. It's so not a big deal. I actually like it. Stop putting this girl down for supporting her boyfriend. Give me a break. And finally here, big deal or not a big deal, Damian Lillard returns to Portland last night. 
Here's his introduction as a visitor. The guard, 6'3", from Weber's State, wearing the letter O, Damian Lillard! Yeah, I'm, I'm going big deal. It, it was obviously a great ovation for him from the Portland crowd. He certainly appreciated it. He also seems like he's at peace with the whole thing. So I'll, I'll go big deal. And that right there. But but the Blazers, they're not a cuck franchise like the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, you do a, a, a video tribute for Damian Lillard. And that right there is another addition. A big deal. Not a big deal. Yes. All right. Hey, make sure you check me out tonight. I'm hosting ESPN Radio Game Night tonight from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. with Q Myers. So tonight... Right after Lakers and Celtics, there's no Amber and Ian. That's my favorite show. There's no Amber and Ian tonight. Right after the Lakers and Celtics, starting at around 10.30-ish probably. Game night alongside Q Myers. I'll be hosting this evening. So hang out with me, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, always on the ESPN app. Or you can listen locally on ESPN West Palm, 106.3 FM. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. Thanks, everybody, who helped put together a great program. And, of course, all you guys for listening. Love you long time. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.